Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and conflama and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminated queen. My name is Sam Damptionus and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Oh girl, let me stop you right there. Don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the official Drag Race editor. You're a Drag Race extraordinaire. Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) And that gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine. And we'll be giving his critique on this week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Uma, how are you? Honey, I'm excited. I feel like a teapot that's been boiling, that's been brewing and stewing. And I feel like I'm ready to spill some opinions and some tea. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm excited to start this journey. Are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of all of this? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. This week, we saw the queens take tennis balls to the face for a Wimbledon-inspired challenge before strutting their own way into fierce looks, one inspired by their favourite UK gay icon and the other from their hometown. Uma, what do you think of the new crop of queens? I feel like it was an instant elevation. As soon as Lawrence Chenip stepped into that workroom, <laughs> I feel like we were, onto, we were onto elevated heights. I feel like the looks were sharper the characters were bigger i feel like yeah i think we started with an explosive entry to season two and i mean you interviewed all of them before christmas so like what was your thoughts before and after you know talking to the queen right well i don't want to be that diplomatic person who says they were all fantastic because they really were they were all amazing however Ginny lemon Fancy a slice. She left me crying, honest to God. I literally, as soon as Ginny walked into that workroom, I was like, she made Tammy Brown look like the Dalai Lama. Like, the, <laughs> the, the, the kookiness, the craziness. I feel like she is, she's the UK version of Tammy Brown, I think. Yeah, okay. Let's not bring down Tammy Brown's kookiness just yet, all right? We've only seen one clip, one episode of Ginny Lemon. I mean, okay? sometimes one episode's enough, huh? Yeah, true. Out of all the contestants, whose entrance look commanded your attention the most? As the fashion editor, come on, tell me. I feel like in the words of Army Hammer, I feel like I love latex and I love a theme. So I think... Okay, I'm going to have to step in. Um, Those are the alleged words of Army Hammer. Alleged. We want to stress alleged words of Army Hammer, okay? Out of all the queens, a horror... Bimini, Boulash, and Taste, I think, cohesively, like, the looks were sharp, high fashion, hair, makeup, everything was on point. And I think all three of them, I think, gave a good introduction of their drag and their world without giving too much away. So I feel like, out of all the entrances, those three stood out to me the most. Yeah. I mean, I love Astina Mandela's entrance line. I'm rude, I'm rowdy, and I'm disrespectful, which is exactly what we want from our drag race queens, right? And to be honest, I feel like that could have been your entrance line. Oh, well, funny that, because I feel like, actually, who is it on the US show? Um, Denali, 
I feel like my line was, I am spicy, icy, and not so nicey, so raise your pricey. That was my <laughs> line. And then Charlie just stolen it, so I feel like I need to go back to the drawing board. I think, you know, Estina, like, from first impressions, it was very minimal. It was very, you know, watered down. She walked in with an eyeliner and a bit of chapstick, and that's all, we, that's all she really gave. But in the kind of narrative of the show and kind of seeing her at her best. I think I think it's a bold move coming in, very subtle, very non-threatening. And I think she kind of, with that simple look, she kind of was saying, well, let's bring it to the main stage. I'm going to show you what I have later on down the line. So I feel like that was quite an impressive, bold move for her not to, you know, reach for the ostrich feathers, you know, dip herself in sequins and all that stuff. I feel like, um, yeah, I think it was interesting to see that. Yeah. Well, there was one queen who did come in with a bit of a threatening vibe and, uh, well, to Tia Coffee at least. That was a horror. Uh, Tia said, as soon as she sashayed into the workroom, that she's scared of a horror due to her outside reputation. We love a messy queen though, right? I mean, are we looking forward to what a horror is going to give this season? You know, it's all to play for in Love and War and Drag, you know what I mean? And I think without people like a horror bringing that drama and kind of instigating those conversations i feel like we like we wouldn't want it to be rupaul's best friend race i feel like we need that adrenaline we need that tension so i feel like yeah she was maybe feeling cut oats and she went in a little bit strong right from the get-go but on the whole i feel like i i feel like she's gonna have an arc you know what i mean she's gonna have a redemption she's gonna have a moment but for now i think yeah bring that fire there have been queens in the past, though, who've come in with that fire, you know, come wanting to instigate some drama, but then they've gone quite soon. Do you think she's actually going to stick around for a long time? Do you think she's going to, you know, kind of be on par with Fifi O'Hara when it comes to villainess levels? Oh, that, that's a strong comparison. Um, yeah, yeah. I think... Why not? Go on. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I think with her track, the whole Dorothy, Wizard of Oz, everything was pretty polished. And I think, like, to go in that bold and brave, you need to have, like, maybe the talent or the look to back it up. So I feel like, I mean, from the first episode and the first entrance, I think she definitely gave that impression that she has something to back up the talk. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, she hasn't done any, she hasn't committed murder, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. So, yeah, she then provided some more drama later on in the workroom, you know, kind of saying that Estina and Tia Coffey, um, she was worried about them. However, one beautiful moment after that was when we had an inkling that, you know, Tace and Estina were going to, you know, provide us with the feud of the season, you know, the Alyssa versus Coco kind of situation. You don't really like it when it's RuPaul's best friend's race, though, right? But I quite like it when the queens get on. Well, tell me more about that. Try and, <laughs> try and change my evil ways. Well, look at season 12, right? Mm -hmm. None of the queens had drama. And it was a perfect season. I mean, Crystal Method, Jade Essence Hall, Gigi Good, Heidi in Closet. You know, there was no drama. And I think we were starting to see that kind of unfold in the workroom. One beautiful moment throughout the episode, however, was when uh, Tace and Athena... Uh, spoke about their runway look in the episode. You know, it looked like it was going to be a bit of a a feud between them, but it kind of flipped it on its head. 
and we had a really beautiful moment between them about their lack of role models in the UK. Uh, what did you think of that moment overall? Yeah, I totally agree. I think we see it all the time in like Snatch Game when, you know, two queens want to be Margaret Thatcher and then one of them has to burn the wig and it is, you know, it, it's, the, it's the rattlesnake sound effects in the background, do you know what I mean? But I think what that conversation from episode one really kind of, I think, gave to maybe the future generations of drag and especially like drag culture in London and the rest of the UK is that, you know, they are going to be the trailblazers and the tastemakers to inspire people to get out there and, and extend and expand that representation. And, you know, I think that's, that we love to see it. That's a beautiful thing. However, yeah. what I will <laughs> say is, yeah. you know I love a bit of Naomi Campbell. Oh, yeah. You were in the presence of her once, right? I mean... I wouldn't say we met. She was doing a speech, and I was I was in front of Ryan. It, it, it was it was a night glam. Um, but what I will say is, what about Mel B? What about bisexual icon Mel B? And yeah. I feel like as much as I love Naomi, and I think she she definitely deserved to have um, a spot amongst the queer icons. I think like a leopard sequined catsuit. That's like that's like trademark that's like a symbol of culture whereas i think naomi does she really have like a iconic one costume look maybe not yeah agreed so what did you think of their looks then i mean i don't want to put them against each other because they both did incredibly well but what did you think of their selections did you think they they chose the right looks or is there something more iconic they could have gone for i think taste nailed the hair she nailed the walk the action i think with naomi and any supermodel it is about the walk and about the attitude and I feel like both of them deliver that hands down I love Justina's Valentino reference I feel like it was a very emotional moment for Naomi like she cried on the runway and I think especially coming from that beautiful conversation in the workroom to kind of see it blossom into the runway with that gorgeous pared down class in the words of Liz Hurley classy gown I think it was it was a chef's kiss moment we love to see her okay I'm glad you mentioned Liz Hurley because I know that you are a Liz Hurley stan when, when I saw <laughs> the nod to bedazzled yeah. on that judging panel she, she, she won me over I was gagged so what did you think about Miss Liz Hurley yeah I loved Liz I mean we all stan bedazzled right I mean it was one of the films that gave us our sexual awakening with Brendan what's his name Fraser. Is he Scottish <laughs> too? I don't know. I d- <laughs> no, I don't think this is a L- Lord Trudy situation. No, I think he is an American. Okay. Um, no, but I loved Liz. Yeah, I think her critiques were really good. But I don't agree with some of the judges' critiques this episode. And I like that Liz kind of chimed in and was like, do you know what? I don't actually agree with that. I agree with it because I think also, especially with like the runway comedy one-liners, sometimes the guest judges don't, they don't know how to throw shade. They don't know how to be punny. You know what I mean? But I think Liz was punny. Yeah, because she kind of shut them down at points, which I I like. I like when the judge comes in and she's not afraid to be like, do you know what? I disagree with everything you just said. Let's talk about Joe Black. You, You take me there. Okay, so you know... I oh, I don't feel um, the same way as the judges at all when it comes to Joe Black. I was really 
shocked, actually, as a viewer. So with Joe Black's homage to her hometown, um, she did a gorgeous uh, gold number for, what was it, the Brighton, what's it called? Do you know what it, that's called, the Brighton? I think it's called a pavilion, but I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So that look, I, I loved. What did you think? Because I loved that look, but they tore it to shreds. I liked it. Obviously, I'm not well-versed with the pavilion, so I I don't know what she's meant to give. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if I was going to do Brighton, maybe I would have had more fun with it, kind of soak into that queer culture and history. Um, but like I said, you know, it was cute. I mean, that wasn't the one that really kind of miffed me. It was the David Bowie homage, right? Mm-hmm. See, I'm... I wouldn't call myself a David Bowie historian, right? I know his songs, but I don't know too much. I, I haven't read his biography, okay? However, Michelle's comments this week when she said that that orange, um, the signature orange and blue Bowie look, she said it didn't read Bowie. I was screaming. I was screaming at Rain the screen. Because scream. I was screaming. I mean, that that gave me David Bowie vibes completely. What did you think? I... I was shocked. At this point, no shade to the judges. Like, I feel like Drag Race uh, main stage is like taking an exam with no no criteria. It's like, if are you going to pass? Are you going to fail? Who knows? Well, I think what's interesting about the David Bowie interpretation, I think sh- I think she did what I love when it's like take a reference but then elevate it, drag it up, throw mm-hmm. some more sequins on it. She she turned a suit into a gown. I feel like that is taking a reference, but claiming it and just reinventing the wheel a little bit. And then I think when you compare that with Cherry hoovering up the main stage as Freddie Mercury, <laughs> again, an amazing look, amazing vibe. We love the reference. But I thought that felt more costumey and a little bit too mm. on the nose. Like, where is your flair? Like, where is your sense of individuality? So, I, yeah, I was gagged because I feel like Joe Black did the damn thing, but then didn't. You know what I mean? In my opinion, they were two of the most polished looks on the main stage. Her looks, that is. Um, so to see her in the bottom two, an absolute shocker for me. We don't like to see it. But then who would... Okay, so if if that's your opinion, who would you... Put in the bomb too. Oh well, I'm no judge, all right. I'm no judge. Again, it's going to sound like a really diplomatic answer, but I don't have a bloody clue who should have been in the bottom two. Maybe oh, I was about to say Tea Coffee, but then she gave us that amazing um, Alan Turing look. So no, it's not going to be Tia. I, I really don't know who would you put in the bottom two. You're the fashion editor. You've got to be the one of authority on this. Yeah, you be diplomatic, and I'll be controversial. I feel like okay, put them all in a line, and if we're combining both runways, the whole package, performance, energy, attitude, I hate to say it because I feel like she's a lamb drowning in a sea full of vicious... I don't know, she's drowning in a very fierce, shark-infested drag water. Veronica, we, we, we love to see it, but... I mean, the Lancashire, Lancat, Lancat, whatever, like, 
I can't even say it, girl. Um, the Lancashire. <laughs> that's it. Um, that rose look, I just didn't really take me there. Also, Cherry with with the, the clock. I was like <laughs> underwhelmed. And then yeah. I think, yeah, I just, but also I think Sister Sister as well, I think. No, no, I disagree. I completely disagree. I really liked Sister Sister's looks this week. I really, come on, the bedroom look, you know, the, all the pink, the pink ensemble with the ruined makeup. She gave a performance on the main stage. You know, she gave us a story. I, I agree. I agree with you about Veronica and Cherry. They, did, they didn't really give us much. Like when you were just describing their looks to me, I I kind of forgot. Um, maybe I will rewind and not be diplomatic and I will say them I think at this stage as well when 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 there is like what 12 queens marching down the runway like like you said it's I think you have to go bold or go home kind of thing because if you're just a mid floater you just get forgotten about so I think yeah I think (laughs) Veronica for me I like tea I like tea coffee even though it was a hot it was a hot, it was a hot mess. She went from <laughs> Alan Turing with a keyboard, and then that, and the chains, and that madness, and then she went straight into Robin Hood territory. I feel like we got as chaotic as it is. We love the range, and she made me laugh. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So, who left you slain the most? You got to pick one. I think, I mean, Estina. Est- honestly, Estina, yeah. when she pulled out that chicken box meal deal, I was like, chef's kiss, attention to detail. <laughs> I don't care if that um, jacket was from ASOS because, listen, like, we don't all have to be rolling with a budget. We don't. Like, you, if you can make an ASOS puffer jacket and some pom-pom shorts and a chicken box look high fashion, then you do it. So (laughs) she played it for me. I loved I loved the horns on taste. I feel like that that was giving me that was giving me Glaswegian Maleficent. We love to see it. Apologies everyone. Taste is actually from Newport Wales. She's not from Glasgow. Who else? I think um yeah, I think they were the standouts for me. Um, Dennis the Menace from Ellie Diamond. I feel like oh. very obscure choice. We love, we love taking a character and just elevating it a little bit. And I think, I think her face was beat for, to perfection. And also, Laura, Laura, what was it, Lauren? <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> her. Mm-hmm. I mean. And I think what was so good about Lawrence Channing was obviously Cheney, Cheney, Cheney. I think what was so good about her was like in the beginning of the episode when she didn't want to take her makeup off because she felt that was a form of armor, and to kind of mm-hmm. see it like you know when queens have that vulnerability, you're like, which way is it going to go? Like, are they going to crumble? Are they going to just excel and ride above it? And then to kind of see her two runway looks. Like, her body was sculpted to perfection. And for a big queen to pull out, not just, like, a big tent, but, like, a waist. Like, she pulled a waist out. I feel like 
that was we love to see it. We love to see that progression all in the space of 60 minutes. 60 minute makeover, we love to see it. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Cheney. Does that is that a good Scottish accent? Cheney. I don't know, love. I've never been no, I've never been to that <laughs> Um, yeah, she's definitely got the star power. I'm excited to see what happens with her. Back to you saying that you love Astina. So that was something that Ahura did not agree with. She stirred the pot again uh, later on. What did you think of that whole debacle? Because it looked like here and Tia Coffee were going to go head to head at one point. Yeah, I think you could sense Tia Coffee was still a little bit fearful of going full on guns blazing against Ahura. But I think, okay, yeah, I think a horror is, that's going to be a horror. Like, we all know gays and drag queens like a horror, no judgment. But I think what was really good about that situation was, I think, Ginny stepping in and just being like, you know what, talent's talent. Suck on that lemon. Do you know what I mean? I think that was, I think that kind of put a horror in her place. So I think, I don't think we're going to see a full-on crazy, crazy bitch mode just yet. Um, and also, yeah. like I said, I don't, I, I don't agree with it because I think if anything, a whore is robbing the hood, robbing, robbing hoodler. <laughs> is she like, robbing the hood? Is she robbing, robbing the hood? She's robbing the hood. Um, <laughs> she, um, that didn't look far off from a Halloween outfit. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so in my opinion, the bottom two this week, Joe Black and Bimini Bomboulash, was an absolute shocker. Please tell me you agree with that. With with your humble, um, valid opinion. <laughs> I, being a little bit of a sceptic, I feel like, obviously, they must know Bimini is a great contender to be a lip-sync assassin. So I feel like, did they want to kick off the first episode with a bang and, you know, deliver the splits and the twelves? Because, no shade, season one didn't really... The lip syncs in season one didn't really give you that wow factor. So I get where they were going with. They wanted to kick it off with a firework. Um, I personally don't agree. So I agree with you, but I just don't agree with Rue. <laughs> I mean, there were queens that... It's a, it's a hard one because, like, no one did terribly. No one, mm. no one failed. It's just I think some people were a little bit more lukewarm, underwhelming. So... Yeah, I don't I don't agree. I think Veronica, she could have she could have found her way in the bottom two, bless her heart. Um Oh, I know, I but think... you know what? I really like Veronica as a person. Like she 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 looks so glamorous, but then she has this really geeky kind of <laughs> side to her, which I think is really endearing. What was her line? Um I went from glam to golem or something. I was like, right. So something, something um like I think she yeah, fair enough. She could have she could have found her way in there. Cherry again. Um, sister, sister. I, I don't know. It's just a hard one. I think ultimately it's just it's just those nearly gritty things. So yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Everyone was strong, but then there are some some contestants where, you know, you remember them more. Like for example, I remember what Taste did, Astina did, Ginny did. Um Joe, obviously. Um, so their critiques for Joe, it caused a bit of an uproar on social media. Um, and I agree with every single one of these people that's, you know, um disagreeing with those critiques because Michelle said that that Bowie look wasn't very Bowie, right? What were they on? What were those judges on? 
Well, I don't know what they were on, honey. I don't. I don't want. I don't want what they were on. Actually, um, I think I agree because I think we were talking about references and dragging it up and like reclaiming it and putting your stamp on things. And I feel like you know, if you look at that runway, when I don't know why I'm coming after Cherry. I love her. She, also, what she is, is an what NHS is worker. <laughs> Nothing. She's a medical. I think she's a medical nurse. So we should be clapping for her. <laughs> Clap for that NHS. Uh, I think so. <laughs> we're clapping. Um, I think it's the it's it's the whole it's the whole costume reference versus how you drag it up and make it your own. And I I think we're just I think we're just a nitty petty comment to make. I think you know her sequining it up. Her turning that suit into a ball gown. I feel like it was inventive. Like, it was just, it was, I'm, as a first impression, I think that was quintessential Joe Black. So, yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see you in the bomb too. But then, now we're in this situation, how do you feel the lip sync rolled out? Do you know what? Do you know what, right? I loved this lip sync. Like you said, the season one lip syncs were not, you know, up to par with what we expect uh, from our Drag Race showdowns, you know. But this one, Bimini, obviously, she served as splits, kicks, flips, the whole shebang. Amazing. Love it. But Joe, I was worried about Joe in that outfit, but I think she actually did a really good job. She gave us... Um, you know, a story with her facial expressions. And even though she had that great big gold extravagant look on, I thought she did pretty well. What do you think? See, I I was just a bit discombobulated when I was watching Joe Black <laughs> perform because... <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> midway, she stopped lip syncing. She just stood there with the a facial expression. And I'm like, is that a part of the song? Is that a part of the shtick? I... I was just left a bit, oh, girl, like, you know, when a when a queen lets that inner saboteur strangle her and they just go down like a ton of bricks and they just freeze. I don't know whether that was just part of the performance or whether that was just the, the pressure getting a little bit of the best of her. And even Rue, who, let's face it, Rue always looks complex. Even <laughs> she was a bit like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. what are we doing here? So... I kind of felt the energy was unbalanced. I think Joe Black was going down the comedy route, maybe threw in the towel a little bit and just kind of let it get the better of her. And then you had Bimini, who was giving it 150% and splits and upside down twirly-whirlies. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like with a showdown, you have to have two queens that are going toe-to-toe, it's like a battle of drag. And I didn't really yeah. feel that. I felt like it was kind of a, it was kind of like an unbalanced. Bimini's going to take it and, you know, Joe's going to sashay away, unfortunately. Okay, well, here, here I come with a bit of the tea. All right. So I thought exactly the same Ooh. as you. I thought, yeah, yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready for the tea? Okay. So when I spoke to Joe. Give about it to me. <laughs> so I thought the same as you I thought why is Joe just kind of standing there But she did look like she was doing something That could be part of a performance But it was very much like Is it? Is it not? When I asked Joe about the lip sync She said she was waiting for an elevator An elevator? Make of that what you will Where's she going? <laughs> Where's she going? An elevator? Yeah Does she mean she was waiting for like 
a crescendo or like a beat drop or I I I don't know. Girl, I I mean, if you can fit an elevator under that hoop skirt, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. But my interpretation of that is maybe she was waiting for like like that beat drop or you know, like you know, I think you've got to remember. I think they're performing the full three minute song with no break. Like it's go 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 go. And it's edited down in like a way that's a bit more snappy and punchy. It just read as if she kind of was like, you know what? Like, in the words of Kennedy Davenport, fuck my drag, right? She was like, I don't deserve to be here. And I think it just got, the, you know, she couldn't shake it off. But tell me more tea. What, what else did she say? How did the interview go? Okay, so obviously I had to address the David Bowie remarks. Um I'm glad that social media is as angry as we were about that moment, because um, that's all I've seen on my feed. Joe's been retweeting it as well. I mean, she clearly doesn't agree with the judges. So, yeah. So when I had a moment with her, I had to uh, speak with her about that. And here is what she had to say. How did you find the reaction then from fans last night? Like you said, social media went crazy. Yeah, it was it, it it was overwhelming, but in like the the nice. I mean, obviously, like for for a long time, I've known that's exactly what happened. So the reaction has been grander and more loving than I could have ever imagined. You know, I've spent I've spent the last few months going, God, maybe maybe it just wasn't very Bowie. Maybe it just wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like I started like doubting what I'd done, and then I saw it, and I was like, Wait, no, I was right. You know, when I when I went there, I knew that. Uh, you know, because I've not really been in competition environments um, so much before. And I was like, okay, Joe, you're going to get people say things to you that you don't necessarily agree with. Um, but this is what it is. So, you know, take it on the chin. Don't be aggy. Uh, so I've just sort of said this smiling, like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Got think like, go, oh, I don't agree with this necessarily, but just smile, 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 smile. Um, and, you know, it, it's, you know, obviously it's about the, the queens in the show, but it's also about the audience and it's uh, how the audience read things. And the audiences, um, from what I've seen online, have very much disagreed with them as well. So it's not, um, it's it, the, the audience are the one that's supposed to react to this. They've made their feelings clear. <laughs> Michelle Visage is apparently, I've been told on Twitter, no longer welcome in Brighton. Some people have even said that, you know, this is the worst first elimination in Drag Race history. How do those comments make you feel? Going out first is always an iconic placement. Uh, you know, everyone always remembers the person that goes out first, not necessarily who goes out second and third. It tends to be first and then kind of middle onwards. Um, so to to get that kind of iconic placement, as, as shitty as it is to go first, you know, no one wants to go first. You, you are always remembered. And then with, you know, with what people have been saying, for them to say, like, this is the most wrong that's the limit. It's just, you know, it, it's amazing. I guess that's the idea. It's, it's been incredible, the support online. Like, I expected going into this, because, you know, it's still television, isn't it? That I'd get a lot more um, negative comments. But, I mean, obviously there's been the odd one or two. But nothing that's brought my day down. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. This person doesn't like me. Cool. Mute. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I haven't come under attack or whatever. I thought it would it would divide people and, and, and it would be like a fairly even split of like, that was the wrong decision. And people go, no, <laughs> it was the right decision. It should have gone home. 
But it's, you know, I would say <laughs> from what I've seen, maybe I've just got the blinkers on, but 99.9% of people have gone, what the hell, this madness? <laughs> also, I'm, I'm really glad that I went out uh, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a say, a sewing challenge or something, where you know I'd made something absolutely dreadful, and then was was you know uh, leaving with two bits of fabric that were safely pinned together. You know, looking defeated. I, I was dressed as Brighton Pavilion, but the interior of Brighton Pavilion. Thanks, Graham. <laughs> I was dressed as Brighton Pavilion leaving, so it. You know, I left looking royal. You know, regal and royal, and uh, you know, I. I I mean, the producers had said to me, like, you know, you kept your head held really high. And I was really pleased about that. Because in these situations, it's quite easy to, like, feel attacked and kick off. But I, you know, I knew I knew what I knew what I'd signed up to. So it was like, oh, yeah, thanks very much. You know, lovely time. Lovely to be involved. Ain't this gorgeous? I mean, I still got to do Drag Race. And that's the thing. It's like, irregardless of placement, you know, the biggest competition is getting on the show. And, and I did that. I mean, they had thousands of applicants from what, I, from what I gather. And I was one of 12 people. That's incredible. And also as someone that uh, I don't think I'm very traditionally drag. I think it's drag, but I don't think I'm a drag queen. I always say this, you know, people call me a drag queen and I just go, yeah, cool, lovely. But what I consider what I do, drag, just I'm just that all capitalised because it's just ridiculous and big and uh, ludicrous and uh, silly and camp and, you know, all, 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 all of those things. And the fact that I got onto that show being a little bit out of the box or left of centre, uh, off the beaten path of what I guess the show would normally have, you know, I'm including Ginny Lemon in this as well, you know, it's it's, uh, very much not the typical casting of the show. So I, I think that's amazing that I managed to get on there while not necessarily pertaining to the traditional elements of what the show is. I think you and Bimini served us one of the best opening lip syncs we've ever seen. Ah, thank you. Well, you know, I can take great pride in, 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 in that I pretended to be in a lift on the Drag Race main stage. No one else has done that yet. You know, and also what was I I was a little bit worried when people started kicking off uh, that Bimini would come under fire because I you know I don't want that. You know, in an ideal world, no one would go home. You know what I mean? I remember when Bimini left uh, and she came over and gave me the kiss. I didn't, you know, it was like, oh lovely, thank you very much. Goodbye. You know, I've not done this before. I don't know how nice those moments are. I don't know what makes the cut, that kind of thing. Um and then when I watched that on the screen, I was like, Yep, yeah, yeah. Because I you know, you know I can't be angry at her, you know. I would never blame whoever won that lip sync because Bimini's absolutely wonderful. We had a lovely chat last night. She might have had a few drinks. <laughs> well, we did it. We did it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, couldn't have hoped to um, to, to lose to uh, someone more wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, judging from that interview, Michelle, I better hold on to her wick. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, the, the the tea is boiling and it's only episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to peek the question to you now, Umar. Do you think the right queen went home? I mean, it's a complicated question because obviously, look at the lip sync. Yeah, but in the wider scheme of things, maybe not. What do you think? I mean, as much as we don't agree with the critique, for the final bottom two, I do think out of the bottom two, it was the right decision. I think Bimini, she's got something to her. I think she showed performance, energy, flair. I think I think she's got more to prove. I think she's got more of an arc to fulfill. I think 
Joe, we're sad to see her go. Um, but I just don't think I also I, I judging from that lip sync, I don't think it was the right arena for Joe personally. I think you know, imagine you get to week six and they are fully wearing you down with all the critiques and they're making you change your hair, your makeup, and I think. Joe being a veteran, I think that can be kind of a hard pill to swallow at times. Whereas I think Bimini, I think, has has more growth in her. And I think her drag can be more flexible, adaptable, and, you know, go in different directions. So I think that's probably what the judges want, someone they can mould. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a bit concerned because when I spoke to the Queens last year, they did say that the, it was... The first four episodes included shock elimination. So I'm quite scared to see who's going to get the chop next week. But next week, the Queens will be competing in Rats the Rusical with special guest star Sheridan Smith. Thank you for joining Umar and I on our first ever episode. And we'll have more unfiltered tea next week from the second eliminated Queen. Umar, say bye. Bye. (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Adios, girl. I'm off. Open that fire exit door, I'm gone. <laughs> Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in the community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com.